Dude, I was watching Thursday Night Football tonight, really hoping that Sam Howell and Khalil Herbert would have great nights. And instead, I have to look at my phone and see this little sleeper update out of the blue that Josh put somebody on the trade block. And I kid you not, I turned and I was like $100 that Josh just put fucking DJ Moore on the trade block after the dude goes for two touchdowns. Such a such a classic Josh move right there, too. And just makes me mad that he's going to somehow sucker in somebody to give up two first-round picks all based off of this one performance because everybody thinks Justin Fields is back. We all know who it's going to be, too. Yeah, oh, good. (laughs) And now he can include freaking Davis Mills in the deal. Imagine Josh can go pick up Davis Mills and resend him for whatever quarterback he wants. (laughs) Well, man, I I guess we've already started, but uh, you want to hit us with the intro music? Oh, yeah, I got you. I mean, that just gets me going every time. I I think we just need to use you for the intro music going forward. Right. We need somebody to get me down in a professional studio just to clip it. Why <laughs> use why use technology when you got my voice mouth? <laughs> well, boys, welcome back. To the boys dynasty podcast it is uh your week with the Doughboys, everybody's favorite uh commentators filling in this week for josh and sloan josh is uh you know doing his thing sloan i know is uh mentoring college students uh, sloan's, sloan's eating a giant pot of mac and cheese <laughs> <laughs> sloan's a little drunk right now from what i hear so uh, I hope he's giving some drunk counseling to college students. That would be pretty entertaining. Oh, give me a Sam Howell touchdown here. Hold on. Let's fucking go. And it didn't go to Brian Robinson or Terry Florin. Oh, we love it. God, Sam Howell is on the comeback. Okay. Anyway, sorry, boys. It's been a little haphazard start here. We uh, uh, we just had to get a nice little dig in on Josh to get started. But um, anyway, we got a lot to review tonight, boys. We've got... We're going to look through the results from prior week, see how, uh, give a little breakdown of how everybody did. We're going to run through, Matt and I have come up with nine questions for the season, a little quarter, a quarter, you know, point check-in here to see, uh, see the Doughboys thoughts on, on, uh, how the league has shaken out so far. We'll take a look in those questions, uh, at some rookies as well. Um, give some picks for some dark horse candidates, a little bit of everything. Uh, so it should be fun. We'll wrap up with some waiver wire talk and then and then get out of here. So, um, yeah, Matt, I guess, you know, starting us off, what are your what are your initial thoughts on the week four week four slate? Uh, I will say I feel like my team was definitely the topic of conversation last week, uh, making two monumental trades and then saying who needs A.J. Brown and uh, Mark Andrews when. I can still finish within four points of first place anyways. So uh, the Daniel Jones experience on Monday Night Football was something else. Uh, Every time I thought I was that much closer to reeling in Tommy and Dylan, uh, he either fumbled or threw an interception. And then I thought I was going to end up dropping a spot. So, you know, still living the dream of being a a meddling team. But no, I was kind of surprised my team did as well as it did. 
Uh, also very surprised that, uh, I mean, the team's at the bottom. I know Austin made a comment about him and Ongood finishing 9-10 for the first time this season. Surprised it yeah. took until week four for that to happen. But, I mean, I think one of them was in, like, the 70s, and the other one was, like, barely at 90 points. So Austin, Austin at 75.8. And, man, you look at these scores, and, like, it is a wasteland last week for Austin's team. Like, I think only three players got into double figures. If I'm yeah, th- actually let's even go farther. Three players getting more than seven points on his team. He had uh Chris Olave at point nine, which that I mean like obviously you're you're gonna start Olave every week. That's one just, that one sucks. catch for four yards is that's an anomaly. Yeah. But the Jawan Johnson, zero points, that hurts. Tutu Atwell comes back to earth. Jacoby Myers, like Aiden O'Connell, man, like you got to do better than 4.3 for Jacoby Myers. Feed your, feed uh, the Raiders version of Charlie Jones here. Give him some targets, man. But yeah, it is, it was a rough one for Austin's team. But honestly, like, you know, some weird performances mixed in there. He can bounce back. You know, potentially as JT coming back this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely not the week he was looking to have. What are any other uh, thoughts on on the performances? Only other thought was it was. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but honestly, I was kind of rooting for Sloan to just keep running away with uh, finishing and first every week, because then that meant a greater opportunity for, you know, teams like you or some of these outside playoff hopeful teams to catch up and i mean not that sloan's team did bad he only put up 133 which ended up notching him uh what's that fifth place yeah i believe so yeah Yeah. so but i mean he was right there in the mix of everything still so you know he's got to be feeling good even on a down week still performing I thought a uh, pretty impressive performance from Colin. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's still at the bottom of the table. Like, it, you know, it's, it, you don't fix, you don't fix a slow start overnight, but uh, it was a promising performance. And, and I mean, it happens too. like, I mean, on to, to score as many points as he did with uh, like kind of subpar week from, from Devonte Adams kind of middling week from CD lamb, terrible week from Kenny Pickett, man, that I was talking about that with him. Like, Kenny Pickett looks rough, man. That's not a that's not a quarterback I feel very good about. I will say I do appreciate Steelers fandom and a bunch of people outside of like the I guess outside the Steelers circle really complaining about their OC. I think his name's Matt Canada. Yep. Just like, you know, stuck with Mike Tomlin forever and has not changed with the times. And I mean, I think that's a testament to like why Najee Harris has kind of fallen off and you know, totally. why, why George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, like, don't necessarily have these great weeks is, I think, in large part due to him. So, hopefully, yeah. the media pushing that narrative gets Mike Tomlin to get on him to to change his ways. Not just for Kenny Pickett's sake, but also because I have George Pickens and I wanted to do well. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. What are your uh, what were your thoughts on Dylan's performance? Dylan comes into the week looking like he's only going to have one QB available. Is you know texting people throughout the day looking for a QB. I tried to tried to pull the little uh, you know quote unquote rental with him um, with uh, Sam Howell. Rental gate that was quite a quite an interesting conversation. We can get into that in a minute, but 
um, ends up pulling off the deal uh, with Austin last minute for Zach Wilson. And as things tend to happen for Dylan, Zach Wilson has what for him was a career day on Sunday night football against the chiefs uh, and, and helps propel Dylan's team into first place. I don't know if you saw this stat either. Not only was yesterday or that game for Zach Wilson, a career game for him in terms of fantasy and like resurrecting his football career. It was the first time in Patrick Mahomes career that another quarterback had better statistics across the board in a game that I think that Mahomes won. Wow. There's the win caveat. So like Zach Wilson had more completions, more <laughs> passing yards, like higher, Stats. higher completion percentage, like statistically was the better quarterback in comparison to Patrick Mahomes on the night that Dylan trades a second round pick to get Wilson a fourth back. And it's just like, I like for it's incredible the amount of bad luck that you have sustained, especially you and on good. Like I feel like the two of you have been just the, the runs of the, yep. The fantasy football karma. But I mean, even when Dylan gets bad news, he catches a break. Yeah. I man, must ridiculous. be nice. Must be nice. He's like the first Zach Wilson uh, owner in this league's history that's actually happy to have him. Everybody else can't wait to get rid of him. And I honestly felt like, I mean, when I saw the trade come through, I even texted Austin and I was like, dude, way to get like really good value for Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, that's that's impressive. But, you know. Especially when, I mean, Dylan, at least with me, was holding pretty firm on, you know, that he was only giving up a third. And, I mean, I, you know, he gets the fourth back, which, you know, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, to get to get a second for Zach Wilson, even if it's Dylan's, that'll probably be a late second. Pretty solid. I'm really curious as far as if Dylan initiated conversation. I'm assuming Dylan initiated conversation with Austin. And that Austin just wasn't like, oh, hey, the four o'clock games are over. Like, I've got Zach Wilson, you know, final quarterback yeah. left on my team. This is your only shot, Dylan, to get a second quarterback. Like, yeah, do, maybe. You, do you want him or no? And or if Dylan was actually like actively looking at fantasy football for one of like the three times in his life. Well, and, we know. Uh, yeah, we know that wasn't the case. Right. He, he <laughs> missed out on Amari Cooper being out. <laughs> But hey, it all it good for good for Dylan. It, it worked it out for him then too because Amari Cooper yep. still played. <laughs> Turns out well for him. But oh, uh, what? So let's let's real quick dive into uh, to Rentalgate. Give me yeah. your give me your thoughts. Yeah. So I will say, being the one of the name partners of the initial rental debate with Sloan in the inception of the Dynasty League, I don't know if you guys remember this, but. There was a, I was in a similar situation to Dylan where two of my quarterbacks, like no one was on by. I literally just had two injured quarterbacks and I could only start one Sloan with his plethora of just like middle tier quarterbacks. I was like, Hey, and ours wasn't like a pick for quarterback swap. Ours was going to be, I was going to give him a, like a flex player to start for the week in exchange for a quarterback he wasn't going to play and they were going to swap back the next week. Yep. 
and then Josh got all confused because he thought there was like an injury like asterisk to it where like if this person got hurt then we were going to undo the trade and we were like nah we're just like swapping for the weekly that's all it is and then you know the whole rental thing came up um i i mean i know you and i are on opposite spectrums of the whole gate which i think is good for debate here but i'm i'm still on the standpoint of like just like my swap with sloan i think was like an extreme and what i mean it was a free swap like no value was exchanged there. I think that's, I mean, hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of shitty, Matt. Like, why would you even think you could get away with that? But I mean, you can't, you, you can't know, right. Better ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. Totally. Permission. Um, but I mean, just like the fact that there was payment involved in that, like you were going to rent out a quarterback to Dylan in exchange for value. Like that's still, yeah, still a rental. Especially I, if it's an immediate thing. Yep. I trust me. I uh, I realized that that the move was not the most moral move <laughs> that the league has ever seen. <laughs> I realized that I was greedily trying to extract value from the situation, but I uh, I'm not necessarily going to apologize for it. But I I can admit that it's not the most uh, above board move that that Dylan and I tried, but. Uh, yeah, just just for some context for anybody that doesn't know, they, the general outline of the deal was going to be that I send Sam Howell to Dylan for a third. No, for a second. Sorry, I would send Sam Howell to Dylan for a second. And then the next week, he would send me Sam Howell for a third. So essentially, he would be trading back one round in the draft. In order to, to get, get Sam, Sam Howell for, for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally understand why why it's considered a rental. The only the only thing to me is that I was taking a risk. I was giving up Sam Howell, a starting quarterback, at probably below market value for just a single a late second round pick. With my own, my only security being my trust in Dylan that he would send Sam Howell back to me the next week at lower value. And just as I admitted that I was not exactly acting morally in the situation, Dylan would have been, would have had, you know, theoretically every right to come back and say the next week, you know what, like either it's Sam Howell for a second or it's nothing or like, Hey, you know, I actually like Sam Howell. He played pretty well. You know, I think I'm just going to keep him instead. So to me, I was like the difference, I guess with, and I mean, I guess theoretically you and Sloan could have done the same thing. You, you know, one of you guys could have been, you know, saying that, that, you know, you were going to keep your players, but at least you were trading like good asset for good asset. In that, like, if one of you had gone back on the deal, at least the other one was either you were keeping a starting quarterback or you were keeping a a, a standard flex player that you could continue to use going forward. Whereas if Dylan had backed out on my deal, I'm always stuck with a late, you know, I, I only get a late second out of the deal. And so to me, it was like, I I feel like it should have been allowed from the standpoint of, like, I'm giving Dylan this player with no like there is nothing stopping Dylan from just holding him after I've given him to him 
And then my team is really screwed. Like right. I get a late second out of the deal and I do not have a third quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to take that risk because I thought that Dylan would, would hold, hold to his word and, and send him back. So that's why I understand why, why people consider it a rental. I don't, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight this one tooth and nail. Like I, I think it should be allowed because I, I think you're, you know, just taking a risk, but it's not worth, it's not a rule that I think is, you know, super, super important to, you know, have go my way. Right. I will, so, I will end rental gate with one last caveat that you and I eventually discovered upon after like debriefing on the whole situation. I like Dylan ended up making a comment in the group me about, you know, like the exchanging of the same player in close deals, referencing on good and Josh's deals with Michael Thomas. Yep. Also stating that like, whether the player plays or not is like irrelevant to the situation. And like, number one, in their case, like on good got Michael Thomas for what he thought was really good value. Michael Thomas gets hurt. Yep. And doesn't play. And I honestly think it was like in the off season when they made the swap again, I might be misspoken on that, but like Michael Thomas's value has inherently changed drastically being hurt, especially with another injury to his foot. They, I mean, the deal that Michael Thomas was on too, wasn't like the send back. He was the core piece. It was in a much, much bigger deal. But then, you know, Brian and I also discovered that last year, like him and I made the Tom Brady for Cam Akers swap. And yep. then, like six weeks later, I got Tom Brady back from Brian. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's one of those where I'm I'm just you know you know we're all adults in this league, and at what at what point are we gonna you know like how how do we draw this this line between what's a rental and what's not you know what's just player swapping value? Obviously, I'm not trying to make the argument that this you know hypothetical Sam Howell deal would have fallen into that category, but it's like what happened you know. Are we going to, are we going to cry rental if, if, you know, I make whatever, if in two weeks I go back to Colin and say, Hey, I really want Devonte Adams back. Like here's, here's this deal for Devonte Adams. That's a, you know, whatever this essentially the same value that I just, you know, sent him like AJ Brown gets hurt. I go back to him and say, Hey, I really want Devonte Adams. Here's uh, you know, whatever he got, here's, here's that same value uh, back for Devonte yeah. Adams. Like, is that a rental? I, I think if you're, I think if you're exchanging similar, like similar value, but it's a, like a entirely separate deal, then I mean, again, not to pick hairs, but like I feel like, and like we were talking, Mike was in on the conversation too. I feel like intent has a lot of things to go with it. Totally. If it's basically the exact same deal, just reverse though, like that screams totally. Yeah, rental. And yeah. when you talk about the whole rental stuff, now we're dealing with collusion aspects, and nobody wants to be. Yeah, a colluder. So totally excited, excited to have a hot topic to discuss in next year's rules meeting. Totally. There's at least yeah. one thing people will be passionate about because we were yeah. honestly like decently split on yeah. the poll on the group me. Yeah, I know Austin was on was on, you know, my my side, quote unquote, of of that discussion. And, you know, a couple of people were on the other side, too. So it was an interesting one. We would love to have you loyal listeners call into the hotline here the uh the mountain dew hotline right now to uh to give us your takes on this so we'll be waiting by the phones for those uh those hot takes coming in from (laughs) from you loyal listeners but anyway shall we uh shall we move on here to our uh 
Oh, actually, uh, uh, hot off the presses, uh, I'm going to be making a trade on this live here on on this pod. Um, so hang tight. <laughs> Are you going in on DJ Moore right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know it. No, I'm joking. I, I hate DJ Moore. I will never trade for DJ Moore. Um, no, I'm going to be getting uh, Dalvin Cook um, to compensate for uh, any potential – Oh, Greasehall um, injury. injury. So I'm sending. Uh, look at I'll give Sloan. You a little... Look at Sloan being awake at ten thirteen. I know. I'm so proud of him. Becca's I'm sending a. Uh, He's staying up. I'm sending a fourth round pick and fifty dollars in fab for Dalvin Cook. Imagine, imagine that deal two years ago. Jeez. So be waiting for that to come through. Um, anyway, shall we get to our our. Uh, I guess you want to give a hot take on that one real fast before we move on on the trade. Yeah. On that trade. I think it's, I think it's a smart move for you. I mean, especially with the information that just came out that Brees Hall is going to kind of get more of an extended run. Yeah. Like with more opportunities comes more risk for injury. I am a big fan of stacking your backups or like same taking the backup of really quality players, especially running backs which yeah. is the main reason I held on to Chuba Hubbard for the longest time was because he was Christian McCaffrey's backup. And I always tried to give him to Sloan and Sloan didn't want it. Just like last week when I tried to give him to David Montgomery to pair up with Jameer Gibbs and yep. Sloan had major FOMO because DeMont scored three touchdowns and got me 33 points. So, yep, totally. That would have been nice for, I guess, I guess it probably would have gotten Sloan first place, but yeah, could have kept the streak um, going. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's jump in here to, uh, to our nine questions. So, Nine questions. Matt and I have not. We've discussed the questions, obviously, but we have not discussed our answers uh, to the questions ahead of time. So uh, we might have some double ups on these, but um, should be fun. Just kind of run through, get a little a check in at the quarter point, see where yeah, we're at. The Doe, the Doughboys quarterly report. Yep. So, First quarter uh, report. Yeah, we'll see you back in probably after in, on the week eight pod with the same questions. So, um, question number one, I'll I'll let you go first on this one. Who is your surprise team this year? I think the surprise team for me has been Colin. I thought long and hard about this one. I'm going to say Colin is my surprise team just because with the deal and, you know, at boys weekend, we went on that whole onslaught about massive trades that happened. He had one of the biggest trades with Josh with the goal of getting his team younger. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was like, Colin is pushing for the, you know, the youth movement to have to try and get some four, five, six year window of high level playoff run. And, you know, as we've seen, Waffle House makes you do drastic things, but just kind of seeing that switch in him yep. to make these deals to get these players like. Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs um, to get him out of Waffle House. And now, yeah. honestly, like he has a team, I mean, you know, with injury things that have happened and, you know, who knows what could happen in a fantasy season. Like there's a realm of possibility that Colin turns into one of the Waffle House favorites to potentially sneaking into the playoffs. So I think sure. his general management has been kind of the biggest surprise to me. And I hope it pays out for him. Yeah. So 
my I took this question a little bit of a different route. Instead of uh, surprising kind of management, mine went to I, I went to surprising performance. Um, and and my uh, surprise team of the year is Sloan. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody necessarily questioned that Sloan had a good team um, and it's uh, you know a team that can compete this year, but to come out and put up three first place performances back to back to back weeks and to have Christian McCaffrey, like he feels like he gets younger every year. Like each year he get he he's less and less injury prone. He's, you know, seems to be more and more dynamic. Like, I mean, that's obviously a trade that doesn't, you know, I mean, I, it, it is what it is. I Christian McCaffrey doesn't necessarily fit my team's timeline now, but Man, that was like I definitely misjudged where that was going. Like I, I thought McCaffrey was heading down a deep, deep, you know, dark hill there. Like he, he seemed to be heading in the wrong direction, and he's turned it around. And then on top of that, like there's just so many players on Sloan's team that a year ago, right now, I was saying they're they're only getting worse. Like Kirk Cousins felt like he was hit. He had a down arrow. Jared yeah. Goff felt like that was a down arrow. Um, Raheem Mostert, yeah, Raheem Mostert, down arrow, like Baker Mayfield, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, like all these guys that he's had for a little while here. It like they felt like they were all going in the wrong direction, and they either I you know some of those are right. Obviously, he's now trading Dalvin Cook for a fourth and fifty dollars a tap, but like at the same time, like he's been he's somehow been able to supplement with with some pretty good players. So like to me, Sloan's the most surprising just from a performance standpoint. I, I definitely thought this was going to be the first year that he felt the pain of the, the age and just, you know, the questions on his team, but he, he hasn't yet. I like it. I like it. Question Uh, number two, you want to go? Yeah. I was going to ask you, I'll have you start off question two. We'll snake, we'll snake these questions. So on the flip side, we talked about surprise teams. Now the downside, what team do you think has underperformed the most in your humble, unbiased opinion? This this was uh, the easiest question that we did as far as I'm concerned. Um, to me, it is, it is uh, Mike's team all the way. Um, he, uh, like, to me, I, I really thought this was a year that Mike was going to take a big step and, you know, get to a point that that he was, you know, a fringe playoff team, you know, maybe even even securing one of those top spots. And I look at his team and like, I mean, I every time I talk about his team, I, I feel like I say this. I he it feels like he has a lot of high floor players that just like week in, week out, you expect to produce. But it just hasn't been the case this year. Like Pat Mahomes, I mean, he's been a stud, but like he hasn't been putting up those 30 point weeks that you can sometimes expect from him. And then, you know, you've got guys like like Jalen Waddle and Garrett Wilson that like coming into this year, I would have told you, you know, I, I would imagine two two or three weeks out of the year they would score less than 10 points and here we are like you know because of of multiple situations you know various situations waddle already has two weeks that he's only scored in in single digits and and uh garrett wilson has one with another 10 point performance and it just feels like garrett wilson is is really hit or miss uh now that aaron Rodgers is gone so to me it's mike um you know he's not I, I still like the general direction of his team, and he's had some nice surprises with Nico Collins and Zay Flowers, and you know some some other players in there. But uh, I expected a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, my most underperformed team. Um, 
I'm going to have to say myself. Also coming into the year with expectations of being a fringe playoff team, it is a straight gut punch posting a one on the opening week of fantasy football. And not only did I post a one, but I think I may have posted one of the lowest scores ever for a week of fantasy football in like the league with like a lineup I thought was going to be playoff bound. And, you know, did I mail it in too soon? Who knows? Time will tell. Um, I have a variety of reasons for why I kind of mailed it in, but um, yeah, just to see that one right off the bat. And then, I mean, the following week I posted eight and then it was like, I got a four and with Sloan doing so well, Tommy's consistently been at the top. Dylan, you know, is going to be at the top. Josh is at the top. It's like I've had one good week, and I just see that hole already being dug, and I look at my team, and I'm just like, man, I do not have what it takes to scratch and claw my way back. Yeah. And that yeah. was just a really bitter pill to swallow. I get that. For myself. That. So Yeah. No, I, I think you made the right call, though, like, you know, like they were talking about last week, better to to get value for those players now than, than risk injury. But uh, before we move on here, quick little update on the Dalvin Cook trade. Um, that has now fallen through. <laughs> uh, spoke too soon. Let me uh, – Sloan and I had a little bit of a miscommunication, and um, uh, he tried to pull a little fast one. So I'll read you our text real fast. He goes – Let's get a deal figured out. I'm a little buzzed. I've got nothing but time tonight. Let's do this thing. And I said, I'll do four, a fourth and $50 in fab. And he goes, what would you trade if Brees gets hurt? And I said, a third probably. And he goes, perfect. I'll do that deal. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because we were, we were podcasting, I had forgotten that he had asked about the question about Brees Hall. So I sent over a fourth and, and $50 in fab, thinking that that was what he was responding to. And then I get a counter offer for or for uh, Delvin Cook for Collins second. Oh <laughs> my <year>. gosh! <laughs> so that got rejected. So uh, something tells me that that deal has fallen through live on the pod. So this is this is great entertainment, boys and girls. So I hope work. you enjoyed that. Good work, Sloan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my turn to ask you. Okay. Yep. Number three. Who's winning it all this year? Who is the the question of the hour? Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna stand. I think I'm gonna stand by this. I, I think this is the year of Josh. Yeah, I think. I think it's only a matter of time before, like Travis Kelsey hasn't been his normal Travis Kelsey self. I think it's a matter of time before he explodes. You know, Jalen Hurts is being Jalen Hurts. Geno's been kind of lackluster, but I mean, Matt Stafford has not missed a beat with identifying one target and throwing the ball at them a bunch of times. Now having two of those, weirdly enough, the Rams offense might not be that bad. And just like him getting Cooper Cup. Oh, Austin Eckler is going to be coming back real soon. Oh, Alvin Kamara just came back and was a star last week. Like I just... He has so many pieces that have high floors with high ceilings that, you know, I think if I had to pick somebody right now, I would, I think this is the the year of Josh. Okay. That's fair. Interesting because I, you know, obviously I was, I was considering Josh and my answer as well, but uh, the, the reason that I went away from 
Josh, is kind of the exact opposite of what you're discussing here in that I feel like so far this year, a lot of stuff has broken against Josh. Like he's gotten all these, you know, he's kind of, he's accumulated injuries. He's got, you know, like the, he's, he dealt with a, a suspension already. Like, you know, and it, it just, I feel like, you know, I guess as somebody that's experienced one of those kind of bad luck years, like it feels like there's, there's certain teams that are just snake bitten for a year and, that things don't tend to break their way. Now, obviously Josh is deep enough that he very well may be able to overcome that, but I just can't shake that feeling that, that he's kind of one of those snake bitten teams right now. Um, And, and, you know, it's just not gonna, uh, not gonna pan out for him. So my pick was Dylan. Um, My reason for that, kind of what we were talking about earlier, like things just seem to fall into place for Dylan. Like, the uh you know he's he's got a lineup that and of course like he picks Sam Laporta who now all of a sudden looks like tight end two in fantasy this year like it's things are just are, are going well for him and I just I feel like it's going to continue to happen like everything he touches turns to gold so um he, and he's got those players that you know the Justin Jeffersons and the Josh Allen's and stuff like that 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 can really make a difference um but God DJ Moore is going to get another touchdown. This one's like an ADR. Oh, they said he stepped out of bounds. Sorry, got distracted. But anyway, um, yeah, to me, it's Dylan. I his team just feels steady, and I guess you know, like come playoff time, you know, steady can win you a championship. Like if you're if you if you just go get three points every week, uh, let the other teams jump around some, you can you can win. So, yeah. nice. Nice. Um, Flip side turn. of that, who's going to Waffle House? And. It's a repeat visit from Angad for me. I, it was to me, it was between Angad and Austin. And the only reason I went away from Austin's team is that uh, it just feels like he has a couple more kind of higher profile players that, that can get him points week in and week out. Oh man, now looking at his team, maybe I regret that. I don't know. It's, it's Angad or Austin. I, I went Angad just because I think like, you know, if, if JT comes back, and gives gives Austin's team a bit of a boost, like you know that that could do a lot for him. But I mean, man, it's a little bare. I don't know. I my my, my initial read is on it though. I don't think I don't think that team has improved much since since last year. Um, Joe Mixon's heading in the wrong, wrong direction. Alexander Madison's kind of struggled. You know, I think there's I think it's a little bleak uh, for for Mister Ongood. What about you? I mean, I'm. I also agree. I think Ongood is. I'm also going to say Ongood going back to Waffle House. Also, with the knowledge that, like, it seems like Jonathan Taylor wants to showcase the fact that he's healthy and is willing to play in games. And even if he gets seventy-five percent of what Jonathan Taylor is, Jonathan Taylor is very good. Austin also hasn't had Saquon Barkley since Week One. Yeah. So like you're talking about two of the upper echelon running backs coming back into play for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I think I look at Ongood's team and it's like Dak Prescott hasn't been great. Jordan Love's been a nice surprise. The entire Bengals offense has been duds. So Mixon is kind of a mood point. Yeah. Darnell Mooney's going to post him a zero this week. Jahan Dotson's okay. Like Goddard hasn't been great. Madison hasn't been like 
the go-to kind of back that we thought he could have been with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins is just throwing the ball all the time. So, I mean, both of them, their benches are not good to look at. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, and Mike, and in Mike and on good lost a major player in Mike Williams as well. So I think, I mean, I think those two are the favorites. Um, Like you said, I would, I think we're going to have a repeat offender. I think so too. Uh, question, what are we on? Five here? Yep. Um, okay. Who is your dark horse title contender that is currently outside the top four? So would not make the playoffs if it started today, but you see as a team that can make a furious run to the playoffs and then win it all. I think that that person is – I actually think it's Colin. I th- I think Colin's team with how things are set up right now, right? Russell Wilson and that Bronco off like the passing game does not look bad. I think it's only a matter of time before Derek Carr is really clicking in New Orleans and that's not a bad QB combo. I referenced his like wide receiver room that he's now created with CD Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams like that is a trio of guys that can go off on any given week. And if they do it collectively, um, Evan Ingram has been really nice. Christian Watson, you kind of like Adam Thielen has been a major surprise as well. Like, I mean, obviously he has to have a lot of things go right to catch up with everybody else, but I think he has players that can allow him to do that. That Dolphins offense look, looks crazy. And if Devon Achan wants to keep, doing what he's been doing like yeah all if he's Colin, half as good as he's been the last two weeks he's got a stud yeah and all i mean for somebody to sneak into the playoffs all colin has to do he doesn't have to finish first every single week he just needs a couple weeks where you know sloan's team is kind of dud or tommy's team is kind of a dud and he makes up three points here two points there one point here and now all of a sudden he's in the mix so I think the, his, his team is potent enough to be able to do it. The only – I so Colin is my answer to this question too. The only part that scares me is he has no third quarterback right now. He has his – you know, similar to what we were talking about, he has, you know, he has Jared Stidham as the Denver backup, and he's got Trubisky, you know, to, to back up uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, so I, I, well, I guess he does. Sorry, I, I misunderstood yeah. that. I was he's got, he's got a third he's got Never mind, I, I misread that situation, but anyway, I yeah, and that's you know, that that now being dispelled, like there's yeah, to me, I he's got a good roster now. I you know, don't necessarily agree with the the management strategy that he took with with kind of dealing as what dealing away his future for this, but hey, if it gets you into the gets you into the playoffs or you know. Um, you know, for him, keeps it out of the Waffle House discussion. Like, you know, that more power to him. And honestly, I, in thinking it over more, like, I don't, I don't, I think this team is pretty competitive next year too. Like, oh yeah, I don't see anybody on his team that's like, oh my god, they're in there, they're on their last legs. Other than maybe Adam Thielen. Like, I was just about to say Adam. At, currently in his starting lineup, it's Adam Thielen. But like, yeah, Javante Javante Williams comes back. Kadarius yeah. Tony's got another year in Kansas City. Cole Komet maybe yeah. improves. Darren Waller again. Like, and yeah, that's where I like. 
yeah, again, it's not the path I would have taken, but I think he's got a competitive team, and and yeah, he's also my dark horse. Nice, 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 nice. Um, <clears throat> all right, now talking about those top four between Josh, Dylan, Tommy, and Sloan, which playoff team? right now do you think needs to be a buyer in order to make sure they stay where they're at so my i think i think you can make a case for either to me either sloan or tommy um you can make a case i'm going with tommy here my reason for it is that i don't feel great about his depth um especially like uh and i guess you know he's got a couple people on by this week would make it a little bit more complicated but i would just love to see him get a little bit more depth um you know maybe some insurance for for a quarterback too like just to to insulate himself from from any problems um and and i feel like it could be the difference between him winning and losing so i would love to see see uh tommy go out and buy he's also like you know, I, I feel like if he does it right, he can buy a player that will help him for multiple years. Um, it doesn't have to be just kind of a one-year rental type deal, but I would love to see him go get, you know, go get a player from, from you know, one of these teams that's uh, lower down the table um, just to try and keep himself uh, solidified in that top four. Yeah, him not – him, like, legitimately not having a third quarterback is yep. – scary but i mean again you look at his starting lineup and it's like oh my gosh like just yeah stuff i mean kyron william he loses nick chubb oh kyron williams like keenan allen yep. and mike evans have resurrected their i mean not that mike evans has resurrected his career but like everyone thought baker was a death sentence and boom yep you know um i'll take the other one i think i mean i think sloan needs to buy if he wants to stay in the hunt yeah just with having teammates on his team like week nine he will not week nine sloan will be missing jared goff christian mccaffrey brandon iuke and jameer gibbs yeah like that's five starters week 10 he loses raheem mostert assuming he's still like a feature in the dolphins backfield and tyreek hill um Week 13, he's down Kirk Cousins and Mark Andrews. Like, bye weeks are not favorable to him. And when your starters are essentially divvied up amongst three weeks, like, he's going to be – and his bench is not – I mean, it's not the the deepest cupboard out there. He's got Gabe Davis and Brandon Cooks, who's done nothing in Dallas to show any, like, favoritism. Yeah. Or any happiness towards anything. So I think I think the start to Sloan season has been really good. Um, I think he needs to continue that over the course of the next few weeks to avoid like having to become a buyer. But if he wants to avoid the issue, I think Yeah. I think he might I think he might have to also supplement some draft picks to maybe not get like the best of the best, but find yeah. some backup depth pieces to give him a fighting chance during those weeks, nine, 10, especially nine, 10, 13. Cause we're talking three of the last five weeks before the playoffs. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So. No, it's going to be an important stretch. And I mean, good for him that he's built, built such a big cushion, but yeah, I agree. He could definitely need to buy. 
let's uh, shift gears here for our final three questions to uh, to focus on some rookies. So looking back um, at the draft and and you know kind of evaluating where we think some rookies stand. So I really enjoyed picking my players for these three questions. Like they. Yeah, I thought I thought there were a lot of good answers for each one. I literally have like six players for this first question. So, oh, as far as surprises, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, first question: What rookies have been the most surprising so far? So, which what 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 who do you have here? If I had to, so we did this as far as like good and bad. So, if I think I had to like, if we let's talk about good rookies first. Yeah, I think my three biggest surprises in terms of like really good rookies. Number one has to be CJ Stroud. Yep. I thought like I always have the belief that young quarterbacks getting thrown into offenses that are terrible with no, not a good offensive line, not a solid running game, poor wide receivers. Like you cannot be successful. And CJ Stroud's about to set a record for most passes to start his career without an interception. And I hope I don't jinx him by saying that, but he's been incredible. Um, Honestly, super jealous that he's on Mike's team because he'll never start once. Um, <laughs> second on that list, I think, ha- is Sam Laporta for me. Yep. Everybody okay. was hyping up Dalton Kincaid, and Dalton Kincaid's on this Bills team, and Josh Allen loves to throw, or you know, Michael Mayer was the talk of the tight end class, and here it is, this dude from Iowa just keeping the trend going. And naturally, like you mentioned earlier, he's on Dylan's team, so we should have known he was yes. going to go off. Um, <clears throat> and then I think my other biggest surprise, and I think this one has really fallen into just dumb luck of how the points are gotten, but Jordan Addison being the clear like i i thought i figured he would get the most fantasy points but being head shoulders and like hips above zay flowers and quentin johnston and jackson smith the jigba like he has gotten some touchdowns on some deep balls but like Kirk cousins trusts him enough and like the points are and opportunities are coming and these yep. other first round rookie wide receivers are not getting those opportunities yeah no, I totally agree. This is this is the question that like I my the first name I wrote down was Sam Laporta. Like they, he amazing. Like he looks like such a good tight end. And like there are so many there were so many tight ends in those second and third rounds that we you know we were considering. And uh, you know, I, and a lot of them you know a lot of them got picked. And and he clearly seems like the best one. So he was the first name I wrote down. And then I kept looking at it and. You know, I had Jordan Addison on there as well, but I also put Zay Flowers. Like, I I was worried about Zay Flowers going to the Ravens. Like, you know, would he get enough targets? Do they pass enough? But the guy's just been a target machine. Like, they've had some injuries to Bateman and to to uh, Odell and stuff, and and he's really stepped in to fill that void. So he's been an impressive one. Obviously, Puka Nakua as well. Oh, yeah, huge surprise. Obviously, I, I don't nobody drafted him i don't believe i think josh just picked him up josh picked him up yep but uh so you know i'm not exactly sure if that counts but he's been a huge surprise obviously devon a chain's been impressive cj stroud i had on there and then i had anthony richardson too like i i didn't think that anthony richardson was going to be a startable player this year and again to your comment mike won't start him mike probably won't start him for a couple of years but uh any other team he could be a starting quarterback right now 
So that those to me, I I've mostly focused on on positive players. I don't, I you know, moving on to that that number eight question, I I only had one in the night, you know, kind of disappointing. But uh, let's hear yours first. What's what were your uh, most disappointing? I think the rookies that have been disappointing so far. I mean, I feel this first one I had. I just feel bad for Austin. Yeah. Like. Yep. Number two pick, get your choice at the quarterback. Obviously, I mean, I don't want to say obvious, but like it makes sense to go for the guy that, again, Bryce Young has a a quality team around him. Like Miles Sanders is a nice running back to have. Like, you know, Adam Thielen is a reliable wide receiver. DJ Chark's a good vet. And for whatever reason, like he just hasn't been, he has not been as good as the other two quarterbacks, which – you know, no reason to hit the panic button, but it's just like, man, that stinks. Um, Jackson Smith and the Jigba and Quentin Johnston to speak upon me and on good taking first round wide receivers. Yeah. Like I saw some stat that said Jackson Smith, the Jigba is like number three in the NFL in terms of separation created per route. And yeah. the dude averages like four targets a game exclusively on slant, like the shortest of slants and screens. Yep. I'm like, he's supposed to be this dynamic weapon. And then I saw some freaking video that pissed me off about JSN being all upset. And then Gino's like, Hey man, we need you. Like, I'll get you the ball. That's on me for not getting you the ball. And he threw it to him two times in the second half. I'm like, yeah, Gino, shut up. Yeah. And then Quentin, totally. I mean, it's gotta be rough for on good too. drafting Quentin Johnston. Mike Williams goes down and then Josh Palmer is shoot into the clear cut. Number two. Yeah. And, that I will say the Chargers do have a history of when they take wide receivers in the first, like they don't play that much as rookies. Like Mike yeah. Williams was drafted like seventh overall and didn't get a ton of opportunity as a rookie. Yeah. Keenan Allen was the same way. So it fits the profile, but even as a Chargers fan, I'm disappointed in in that one as well. Yeah. Um I think the other disappoint I mean, I'm not disappointed in this either. My last one. But I feel like everybody was hyping up Zach Charbonnet. Yep. Yeah. It has, been the, it has been the Kenneth Walker show in Seattle. Yep. And I am yep. all for tuning into that every Sunday. Totally. Yep. I, yeah. So just um, like, I, I totally agree. I feel for Austin with the Bryce Young. I, I'll, I'll get to him in a little bit. Um, you know, JSN is another one. Um, did you kind of run through the, the ones you're panicking about for number eight? Or are those separate for you? I was going to do separate ones for that. Okay, so let's let's jump into eight because that's where I covered yeah, the ones go for that it. are negative. So for go me, for the the only rookie that I listed that I'm truly panicking about is is actually JSN. Like it just is concerning to me that he has been he just hasn't looked explosive. He hasn't really looked like he's made an impact on that offense. His tar- or his uh, snap percentage is is uh you know below 50 most games like I, and it's not necessarily that i'm panicking and that he's never going to be playable but i just i expected him to be a player that that you could put in your flex spot right away and he just he hasn't necessarily been that so um he he's the only one that i'm actually panicking panicking about at this point but uh what about you yeah i think i mean he, and I, I'm not panicking about him either. I would say the only alternate argument I would have in terms of like panic is Jameer Gibbs. 
Yeah, I thought about it. I actually had Gibbs and I crossed him out. My expectations were kind of tapered with JSN. Like I was hoping the name and the talent would get him as an option. But obviously Gino sticks to his guys. He loves throwing to his tight ends, whether it's Fant or Disley. So, you know, chalk it up to whatever you want over there. I'm not overly worried about him getting his um, <clears throat> eventually. Like I still think, you know, if he's if this is still happening next year, like the alarms are going to be sounding over here with the booty hookers. But yeah, J- Jameer Gibbs is the one that guy I feel for Sloan when the Lions were prepared to take him at you know wherever in the top ten, trade up to get him in the teens. All camp we hear about oh he's the Swiss Army knife. We're gonna have him at the slot. We're gonna have him in the backfield. We're gonna do jet sweeps and all this stuff. And yeah. The Lions are doing none of it. And it's I don't think it's to Jameer Gibbs's like fault. It's not like yeah. he's performed bad. He's just not getting these opportunities that the Lions were showcasing. And I would have some general panic with that. Like if he's not getting it now, when's it gonna come? Because David yeah. David Montgomery's been owning his opportunities and yeah. now Jamison Williams is coming back this week. So now you have another big play wide receiver taking up pass catching opportunities. And yep. I just worry about the the volume and opportunities that Gibbs will consistently get. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, David Montgomery is not loosening his hold on that number one, you know, back spot on that team. So um, yeah, last, last question here. Uh, what rookies do you think just need more time to blossom? <clears throat> um, my guys that I had on here, I think um, I'm going to double down on Quentin Johnston. Again, being a Chargers fan, I think time will tell how good he actually is. The charge, like I said, Chargers have a history of kind of slow playing their receivers. So if I am on good, I I'm not panicking about Johnston just because history says they do this. Um I will say I am on like a more positive note on Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, excluding Sam Laporta being like the asterisk here, I feel like rookie tight ends typically don't do very well year one. So I think, you know, him working in the slot some more and doing his thing. Like, I think it's a matter of time before he kind of really flourishes. And then dude, I think Anthony Richardson, man, like these Colts games, the last couple, like, especially this past week, I was like, man, like, he looks way better than yeah. I even fathomed he would be at totally. any point during the season. Yeah. And I I really, I, I really think he might ugly. be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be ugly at points. So he's so. already ahead of the curve, I think. And I, I mean, with time, I think he might end up being, he very well could be the, the guy in this class. So. Yep. No, I totally agree. My, I had two two listed here. So for me, Jameer Gibbs was was my answer on this one. Of I, yes, I expected more out of him. The Lions made it seem like they were going to use him, you know, in a better fashion than they have been. But uh, to me, like he still looks athletic. He still looks like one, of, you know, one of the best, you know, running back prospects we've seen in a long time. So I don't necessarily think he's bad or anything like that like i don't think it was he's a bust i just think his his time has not come yet 
Um, and, and I feel like at some point it will. So um, to me, he's one that needs more time to blossom. And then I also put Bryce Young here too. Like Bryce Young hasn't looked bad. He's just looked, you know, a little behind CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. So it's like, if he was, you know, if he was in the same quarterback class as Kenny Pickett, nobody, nobody's as concerned about Bryce Young. Like it's, it's just, you know, Hey, he's a rookie quarterback starting in an offense. Like, you know, it's, he's going to go through some, some rough weeks, but I think him being just immediately compared to, to CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson is hurting him. So to me, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out on Bryce Young yet. Like, I think he's, you know, he's, he still has potential and he's shown some flashes. So, like, yeah. he's one that I think, you know, this year might feel like, you know, Austin picked the wrong player, but, you know, maybe two, three years down the line, like, it may, it may all be moot at that point. So, to me, Bryce Young probably just needs a little bit extra time. That's the tough part with all these rookies too, is like you get into that comparison aspect of, Oh my gosh, like I picked this guy who's not immediately performing. And, you know, we talk all the time. I mean, Mike is very adamant about this too. Like the hit rate on draft picks is tough. Yep. And if you want to try and get one that hits, you got to have a lot of darts at the dartboard. Yep. So, you know, to see immediate success, especially four weeks in, pretty shocking. Um, I've been really impressed with this draft class. Like, oh, yeah, we were we were talking, you know, around the draft, like about how how the talent falls off a cliff after, you know, after the first six picks and how like if you were in the top six, you know, you might you want to trade back and like how how rough it is. And like like I said, there were like eight players that I listed as most surprising and, and you know overperforming what I expected. So it's been a it's been a talented class. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna help a lot of teams. A chain was pick not or A Chan was pick nine. Zay Flowers was like the first or second pick of the second round. Laporta was a second round pick. Jaden Reed in the third round has looked good in yeah. in Green Bay. Tank Dell, I think it was a fourth round pick, maybe. Yeah. Come on like one of the guys like Josh yeah. Downs in the second round has been a good, you know, there's a lot of quality totally. players that I think a lot of people are just like, man, I hope he turns into something three years from now. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And that's, I, I think people thought it was going to be a draft full of flex players and I, we might've gotten some, some number one or number two type talents out of it. So um, that wraps up all the questions that, that uh, you know, we were going to go through. Do you have uh any last second thoughts here or any, you know, anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I think we mentioned waivers, not yeah. a, not a ton of stuff on waivers. There was a, a couple slight battles, Colin winning both of them with some big dollar amounts outbidding Sloan for this McLaughlin person, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> Colin dropped him. I think he did too. And I'll then, and then up. dropped $457 or something like that to pick him back up. Yeah. Um, uh, added him on August 22nd of this year, dropped him on August 1st, or sorry, dropped him on October 1st, and then picked him up, picked him back up on October 3rd for $446. <laughs> oh, Colin. Um, and then he also got one, the Mitch we've Trubisky. all been there. No, seriously, he won the Mitch Trubisky sweepstakes as well. I don't know who he outbid on that one. I think the other person didn't even bid. Uh, yeah, my, myself, Josh, and Mike all bid zero. 
Yeah, and he put like what two hundred bucks down. Yeah, uh, yeah, two hundred one. So I mean, you get your Collins solidifies himself getting a quarter like his third quarterback, having the quarterback of Pittsburgh. Yep. Buys himself, you know, his insurance policy in Denver with whatever may or may not have happened to Javante and his hip. So, yep, totally. I think, I think there's some, uh, I, I honestly like the Johnny Smith pickup for Mike too. Like Johnny Smith has looked good in, in Atlanta, especially in comparison to Kyle Pitts. I was trying to get him too. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Interesting to see, you know, to see John Mechie out there, obviously he hasn't, he hasn't shown out yet, but you know, maybe somebody goes to get him. Um, I will say uh, waivers yesterday. It really hurt for me to drop Trey McBride. Like I, I went and got Logan Thomas because he's been more consistent. And I know I'm going to need a starting tight end here soon, but like, man, I had a lot of hope in Trey McBride. I think I took him in the third. I think with like the first, first pick of the third round. Yeah. Two years ago. And stashed him on my taxi squad for a year let him sit on you know on my roster for for all off season and like man it just like he just never he has not clicked and like he's he's barely getting on the field I thought for sure they were going to cut Zach Ertz this year and let him be the starting starting tight end and it just I, Zach Ertz looks 10 times better no, I agree. I I also thought Zach Ertz was going to be a dud. Zach Ertz was was my tight end last year in our the other league that we're in, and I dropped him very very fast. And yeah, now my tight end room is is not good. So yeah, definitely cool. Well, any any last thoughts here? Uh just looking forward to week five, the first week with buys. You can already see it in some of the projected scores. Um. Yeah. I am just a tick projected, just a smidgen below 100 points. Ongood and Austin currently are .04 away in projections. And then pretty much everyone else outside of Josh is like right there in the mix from 116 to 132. So, yeah, should be a nice little conglomerate in the middle. Yep, (laughs) this is is where, uh, where it gets real. Once you got, you can't be starting your your perfect lineup anymore. Got to start start making those uh, those savvy savvy start sit decisions. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I have too. Thanks for going through this with us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, for for Brian and Matt, this has been a Doughboys podcast. See you later. We will see you too. See you all later. Have a good one.